If you're an active adult, athlete, or fitness enthusiast, likely you've been burned by the healthcare system, a system that seeks to benefit itself and not you. We are here to show you how to make one degree shifts in your thinking and habits that will course correct your health and boost your human experience. Welcome to the One Degree Physio Show. Hey everybody, welcome back to the One Degree Physio Show. Today we're continuing our series on the shoulder. Uh, This is a part two follow-up to what we did last week. Uh, We're kind of describing some things you can actually do to start improving on your shoulder motion, uh, what that looks like, and especially what you can instruct other people how to do if you're a coach. Uh, This episode is pretty uh, influential when it comes to that kind of stuff, and the video portion of it is really, really useful as well. So if you want to see the video portion, head over to our YouTube channel. Uh, Just search NRG Physio on there, and you'll see the live stream uh, posted after it's over with. Uh, But this is some really good content. Hopefully you guys enjoy it, and we're going to be building off of this topic in the next week and talk about a little bit more specifics around how you can scale things down, even if some of this stuff is not working. So Enjoy the rest of today's episode. Hey, what's up, everybody? Team Energy here, uh, coming back to finish up our little chat last week on the shoulder. So last week, kind of some of the stuff we talked about was uh, really the detriments of progressing people through workouts and positions that they don't have. And really, so what we're going to get to today is how can we quickly identify in the gym, whether you got, you're working one-on-one with somebody or if you're in a class setting where you got 5, 10, 15 athletes, an easy way to screen for the most commonly missing positions in the shoulder, uh, which today we're going to talk about are the overhead position uh, and the hang shape or shoulder internal rotation. And so we'll see those a little bit. But uh, really the idea here, if, if you didn't catch last week, is that, you know, just progressing or modifying or scaling for reps or weight uh, or different movements altogether uh, leaves a lot of kind of untapped potential in an athlete uh, when you could easily scale for certain positions. And the goal is to understand what position do you need to be in? Why can't you get there? And how can we start to quickly solve that uh, in the gym, whether you know it's personal training, uh, you're training on your own at home, uh, you're working in a class setting like CrossFit, Uh, the idea is like, okay, I'm an athlete and I have pain or, Hey, I'm a coach and I'm coaching athletes who are mentioning I've got pain or some type of, you know, restriction, which if people have a known restriction, they'll, they'll probably ask to scale. Would you say that's true? If somebody's like, yeah, I can't do that. It hurts too bad to do that. Are they vocal about that? Or are people in the gym just like blasting straight through that? It's a toss up. Some people are really in tune and are like, Hey, this is not feeling very good. I need to change and do something different. Uh, but there's definitely a handful that are like, ah, it hurts, but I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. So, you know, maybe it comes up, maybe it doesn't uh, really though. I think as coaches, part of coaching is, Hey, you got to respect your body. Like, yeah, we're, we're in here to break it down so that we can build it up, but we have to do that intelligently, uh, and that doesn't include moving through pain. And it doesn't mean you're always going to move pain-free, but there has to be some level of intelligence behind 
moving with pain and under, having an understanding there of why you have it. Can you make change in it quickly? Uh, and if you can, that means moving through it is probably okay. If you can't make a change in your pain and you're moving through it, you're probably going to tear something up. And, uh, you know, it, my mentality is like, well, that doesn't make sense at all. Is you you want to work out and push through the pain, but if you do that long enough, you won't be able to work out at all, which is your goal. So it's kind of like swimming upstream. But uh, we're going to kind of switch off. My thought process. <laughs> Sorry. My my visualization for the whole thing is um, a shallow trajectory across a distant horizon. That's what we're after, you know. Yep. Yeah. Uh, slow. And it doesn't even have to be slow progress. It just needs to be a positive trend. You know, we want to see positive trends over long periods of time. Um, for most people, certainly, there. You know, if you have different goals, then that could change, but. When you look at the average of people's fitness levels and movement habits, we want to see a, a positive trend over time. And uh, we communicate that here in the clinic when we talk about our injury buffer. And, you know, the choice of strength and conditioning provides that uh, kind of slow and steady rise over a long period of time. Uh, and, and it builds in this buffer between you and injury, whatever your life requires, versus the passive choice, right? Like, eh, I'm just not doing anything. It's not that I'm choosing not to work out. I'm just not doing it, which that's choosing to not work out. But that is a steep decline, right? And so that creates a big injury potential. And, uh, you know, that's really where we want to get. But, you know, developing a better understanding with our coaches and with our athletes and communicating uh, really well around the conversation of, hey, look, it's not okay to just train through your pain. We need to figure out what's going on here. And it doesn't have to always be this big medical hairy ordeal. Uh, coaches should be able to really quickly screen for, uh, can you do this? Yes or no. Right. And uh, that's going to come up today, especially like overhead position. You shouldn't do kipping pull-ups or butterflies if you can't lay flat on your back and easily get your arms to the floor without your spine looking like it's going to break in half. To get it there so and, and we're going to see that so we're going to flip our camera angles around a little bit and we're going to go over just like the two really quick checks like you can do this in 20 seconds with every athlete in a class and get a really big idea of who's got good shoulder mobility and who does not and then you that can start to direct conversation elsewhere so let's uh let's flip out to the mobility cam and Go over one, and, one quick uh, thing I want to say, uh, sorry, one quick thing for anybody who's just listening to this with audio only on the podcast, uh, head on over to Energy Physio's YouTube page. That's where you'll get to see the visuals for this kind of stuff. Uh, this, is, this live stream gets saved to our YouTube channel. Uh, it's also on our Facebook page as well. So if you're curious about what these look like as we're describing them, make sure you head over and check that stuff out so you can see what it looks like. Yeah, excellent. All right, let's flip it over. I'll let you, uh, I'll let you grab that. And I was just going to chat through. So the positions we're looking at are internal rotation. This shows up with Olympic lifting. Uh, and it turns out like this isn't a super functional position, but as it turns out, like when we check people for this, a lot of times what we see is that when they're missing that, they're also missing other positions and they have pain in their shoulders. So, you know, the shoulder is a sphere. And so if there's a restriction in any area of the sphere, the whole sphere is affected. So Really, it's, it's not always just about is it functional or is it not? Does it show up in a movement or does it not? 
sometimes when we're dealing with like resolving pain and having somebody move better, having full joint capacity in every position is just the thing that you have to achieve and, and kind of separate it out from functional movement. But this one becomes important. We see people missing a lot of this a lot of the time. The other one is overhead, which may be the most sinister one of them all because so many things require getting straight overhead. And the things that we see a lot are like, uh, you know, the shoulder press coming up and then the ribs sticking out, the spine arching, especially when it starts to get heavy. Uh, but what that is, is a hack for, hey, I don't have this position available. So for me to get vertical, I have to arch my back to get it there. Uh, we don't want that. And, you, and we see this under the bar, hanging from the bar, pressing into the bar happens in, in both. So the quick check for both of these really easily uh, is just lay on the ground and we're going to focus on setting the spine in neutral, which is where we want to be. And simply that just is squeeze your butt, point your toes, pull the rib cage down, keep the abs nice and tight. And then can you get your arm to the floor? Yes or no. And what you'll find is that a lot of people, they start doing this. If they're staying engaged here, their arms are just going to be like hanging out up here. It's kind of springy feeling. They'll be stuck up here. Uh, or what you'll see is they want to achieve overhead position so bad, they'll unlock the abs and let the rib cage flare so they can achieve hands to the floor. But really, this should just be buttery smooth, you know, right down to the floor, no problem. Uh, and if they can't do that, they're missing overhead range of motion. We need to create some solutions around it. The other is still butt squeeze, abs tight, toes pointed, shoulder blades kind of squeeze together. Can they hit hip position, right? Which is, uh, this is ASIS, just a little bony spot in the front of the hip. Can they hit hip position without the shoulders really dumping off the floor and creating a bad shoulder position there? So my right one's pretty smooth. My left one's actually got a little bit of restriction there, and I can feel that. But it's a quick check. If you know it, you can fix it. You can move through it with some speed and intelligence. So once you've checked for that, then you got to know, hey, like you're missing some motion. What should you do? And now if you've been in the gym space for a while, you've probably seen some of these. And uh, what they're not is just basic warm-up stretches that you should do. Uh, they really should be positioned in the right place at the right time with some intention behind it. And uh, you'll see we've got one of these strapped onto the rig <clears throat> already. We use this with our clients a lot here in the clinic. And, uh, you know, some, some principles behind joint work are – uh, a couple of things, you know, we got slides and glides, that type of stuff for manual therapy. Uh, but one of the other bigger concepts is distraction, just separating a joint out a little bit to create new space, stretch the joint caps a little bit. And that's very easy to achieve on your own with a band. And so <clears throat> a lot of times coaches are giving this out in the CrossFit gym already. Uh, it's just kind of misplaced. And, and sometimes it's not always done as correctly as it could be. Uh, you know, we'll see kind of the bowler stretch thrown into it where we've got this big sweep behind, which is great. It ties in a lot of the lats and some of the posterior fascia. But what we really want to get is a correct position in the shoulder, which what that looks like is if we wrap up into the band and start to get our distraction, most people, if they're stiff overhead, when they get here, they're going to start to unwind into internal rotation. And we do not want to be there. When we're overhead, we want that combined with external rotation 
because it's tight and it's stable. So we actually want to reach the other hand around, hook into that elbow pit, and create that external rotation. Then create the distraction. And then we can get into that overhead position and start to restore that. Now here we can contract the lats and do a little bit of contract relax, or you can literally just hang out here. And our goal is about two minutes to create some change on the joint capsule. And just trying to sink further and further and further into that position. And after two minutes, if you want to know if you did a good job and made some change or not, then just have the athlete or yourself, if you're working on yourself, lay back down, butt squeeze, abs tight, take the arm overhead. Does it move more? Does it move better? Does it feel better? And right there, all you need to know is I did this for two minutes and I got a positive result out of that. But that's where that fits in. So check athletes, check yourself for overhead mobility. If it's missing, work on some distraction for two minutes minimum, then recheck. Did you get the work done or not? And if you did, great. Maybe that allows you to get into some positions you couldn't achieve. Uh, maybe it cleans up the position altogether and you no longer need to scale or regress a movement. Uh, or maybe it hurt and now it doesn't. You can move forward with your workout and maybe you still need to scale. And that's a little deeper conversation that I think maybe we'll come back to next week is what are our skills? Like if you see missing range of motion here, you do some work and you still don't have the target range of motion, what should you do? Because you shouldn't just continue to do the movement on top of poor mobility that creates bad movement patterns. And bad movement patterns are ultimately what get people injured and painful and setting them back over and over. So you don't want to do that. Uh, internal rotation, this one's a little different. And uh, <laughs> internal rotations come up a lot this week. So we actually had a post uh, on one of our socials. It got some attention from maybe an aspiring PT, somebody who's neck deep in our kinematics in school right now, or maybe they're just uh, a joint junkie like we are here at Energy. But anyway, you know, we want to restore internal rotation if our athletes or ourselves don't have it. And the way we do that is called the bully stretch. And it's called the bully stretch because it's like your arm behind your back, like you get bully busted. And uh, the conversation come up like, hey, the joint's supposed to do this when, you know, you're trying to, when you're trying to move uh, do that motion. And so why are you pulling the joint backwards when it's supposed to be moving forwards? Uh, and, and so the idea is we're trying to create a normal environment in the joint. Joints can't move correctly if they don't have the appropriate slack in them in the right areas. And so trust us when we say, hey, look, if you're missing internal rotation, this is going to be helpful. It's going to restore like the piece of the shoulder that needs it the most. Uh, and what that looks like is slide the same band in the same position. <clears throat> and just as kind of a point of performance is like, we're always trying to make this stuff as efficient as possible. You know, as we're chatting through it, it seems like it's taking forever, but really this stuff shouldn't take more than five minutes to do. If you can lay somebody down say, Hey, look, you're missing overhead and internal rotation. Here's what I want you to do. Do this one for two minutes, do this next one for a minute or two, uh, four or five minutes down the road. They're done, their movement's better, their pain is less, and you're going about your business. Um, and so we're doing this stuff. You check the positions in the same position. You mobilize them from the same position so you're not wasting a bunch of time moving stuff. But slide the band. It should be right in the armpit. And then you're going to put the arm behind your back, and that is internal rotation, right? So 
once you get here, that band is pulling the shoulder backwards, and you just kind of square up the shoulders and lean into that. And it just gets a little joint motion in there that helps free up the joint capsule in the back of the capsule. Uh, and you don't need to know too much about the capsule. You just need to know how to do it, when to do it, and does it work after you do it, yes or no. Uh, but you want to spend, uh, you know, maybe a minute right here just kind of rotating in and out of that to get uh, this kind of oscillating feel through the joint. Uh, and then you can just do some liftoffs. I don't know if you can bring the camera back behind me here, Caden, and see what I'm doing with my hand. But we're just adding little bits of internal rotation in by doing some liftoffs back here. And, you know, maybe 20 or 30 reps here while the band is still pulling on the shoulder. Uh, and after which time, you lay down, recheck the motion. And no doubt it's going to look better. It's going to feel better. It's going to move better. Uh, and then you can decide, hey, look, is that enough to do this movement with correct patterns without compensation? Or do we maybe need to scale? Do we need to find a new position, a new movement, something in the same a plane of movement. Uh, but that's how we start to unravel this for, for coaches and athletes is, do you have the position, yes or no? If not, how can we restore it? If we do the work to restore it and we still don't have enough to complete the target movement, how can we adjust the movement to fit what the athlete currently has available? And that's the best way you get people moving, keep them moving, get them pain-free, keep them pain-free, and help them make that slow and steady rise over a long period of time without taking major setbacks. So uh, we'll kind of jump back to our normal screens here, and we'll kind of chat through a couple other things, and then we'll wrap it up for today. I was adding you in and you were taking yourself like that, <laughs> pushing the button at the same time. Uh, so, I mean, you being a CrossFit coach, I mean, and obviously you're in the clinic and we're doing this stuff every day with people. But let's say you're a CrossFit coach. You're new to hearing this for the first time. What are your thoughts on life? How do you integrate? How do you get a deeper understanding of how this stuff works and fits in? You know, especially when you're trying to manage a large group of people, uh, especially when people are rarely checking their egos at the door and they may not be super uh, down with having their movements altered or adjusted or whatever. Uh, how, do, how do you navigate that conversation in the gym as a coach, kind of translating this stuff down to athletes? Uh, the, the big thing is, uh, you know, most gyms will probably have some sort of warm up pre-programmed for a class, uh, for people to go through. And sometimes they can be really good and movement specific. Other times, maybe not, but the, I think the responsibility falls on understanding who typically has problems with certain things. Like I can name like five people in my head who I know have some overhead restrictions uh, that typically probably can benefit from doing this more before the warm-up. Uh, but what it comes down to is on a day-to-day -day basis, if you see it as a regular thing, be like, hey, I've been noticing over the last couple of classes, you seem to be struggling with this kind of stuff. 
I would like for you to get here at least five minutes earlier before we do our warm up as a group and hit these couple of things and then just spend a few minutes showing them what this stuff looks like. Like, hey, this is actually really going to help you in the long run if we can build this on top of what we're already doing. Our gym does a question of the day. So that typically takes like five minutes before the warm up even starts. So that's a perfect time for somebody to be involved in the class, but also doing some of this stuff too, if they need to get it done. Uh, I've done it for myself, gotten into class and needed to do some shoulder stuff and worked through it while the question of the day was getting started and answered and was engaged. But really it's just like instilling some sort of personal responsibility on, Hey, like we know you're used to having coaches tell you what to do, but now we're telling you to do something on your own and take responsibility of doing that thing on your own before everything starts. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, there's, we wish we could just give people stuff and, and know like they're going to take it and run with it. Everybody's got to do the work. You know, nothing, nothing that's meaningful is easy. Uh, nothing that's meaningful doesn't take time and nothing that's meaningful uh, is it, just going to happen overnight. And so, you know, it, the stuff is super simple, but it's not always easy and, and helping people navigate how they fit it into their lives and how they fit it into the gym schedules when they're trying to cram it into 60 minutes or whatever. Uh, it, that's, you know, that's a part of the battle that's very real, uh, but keeping it clean, keeping it efficient. And if you can show people like, look, we're noticing you're struggling this. Do you feel that? Yes. Okay. Well, if I gave you one thing to do or two things to do that took you four minutes and it drastically changed the way you feel, would you do it? Uh, sure. Okay. Let me show you how to do these things. And you know, you're right. You're going to pick up on the same group of athletes that have these problems. It's not like every day you're coming in and you're having to rescreen and rescreen and rescreen and keep your eyes out for new problems that people are having. You spend enough time with these people, you're going to know who they are and you're going to know how to help them best. But it just takes the time to really think through, OK, I know these people have these problems. Uh, how can we identify what the problem is and what is the extent of the problem? How can we quickly implement something to start solving the problem? And then if we can't solve the problem to a large degree, how can we do some scales and regressions to keep people safe while we still get them? the same workout stimulus that we're getting for everybody else. Cause we don't want to ostracize people out of the group because they got this little thing going on. We want to use these things to help them stay a part of the group because that's what they're there for. Uh, they're there to kill themselves for 60 minutes and be a part of the group and do the same things everybody else is doing. But <clears throat> you know, the stuff's not difficult. It just, it just takes a little bit of uh, knowledge, a little education, kind of understanding how to use the tools. Uh, we built a product <laughs> that helps people do it, right? It's called Energy 360. Text in, it'll diagnose, it'll evaluate, diagnose what you've got going on and send you the videos for what to use, how to use it, when to use it. Uh, it's a pretty, pretty clean deal, you know? And so, but, but it's because we think with the right information, education and tools, people can take care of themselves. Uh, we think with the right information, edu education and tools, coaches can help people take care of themselves. And that's a much better place for us to be in. You know, we're going to come in contact with maybe 120 or 150 new people a year here in the clinic, maybe 200. Uh, the coaches are, are day in and day out working with the same people over and over and over. It's just a, such a huge opportunity to help people move well and move better so that they can move more often with less pain and less problems. 
And, uh, you know, if we can help transition some of this stuff down to coaches and down to some athletes to help them take care of themselves, then I think we're going to see the world get a little healthier, a little happier, and uh, hopefully more people participating in movement, which we think we should be doing. Yep, totally agree. I like it. Yeah. So, hey, what do you think about maybe next week uh, we'll chat through – some of the, the things that we like to use when we see an athlete who has a restriction and we'll keep it confined to overhead and internal rotation for now. They've got a restriction. Uh, we've given them some homework. We've given them some things they need to do. They've done it and they're still restricted. Uh, maybe it's better, but we still don't think, Hey, you know, we've got uh, kipping pull-ups today and you're still missing, you know, 20 or 30 degrees of your overhead motion, how, how are we problem solving around that? Start getting into the movement pieces um, <clears throat> and talking through what types of scales, what are some of the things that don't get taught in like CrossFit level one that we like to use here in the clinic that help kind of bridge the gap between uh, scaling for position and scaling for load and scaling for movement versus just, uh, hey, you can't do this, so now we're going to do this other thing instead. Because there are some in-betweens there that uh, aren't taught in CrossFit but are uh, really, really valuable for your athletes and uh, to get them moving in the same plane and developing strength in the same way, even though it may not be safe for them to do a kipping pull-up today. Our goal is going to, you know, is obviously let's get them to the kipping pull-up. Uh, it might take some time, but and we think we can get them there. But between now and then, what should we be doing to facilitate the mobility practices we're helping them implement and developing the strength so when they have the mobility, they can then do the kipping pull-up. And so next week, we'll be back on kind of same, same time-ish. We're struggling to start right at two. We'll get that figured out eventually. <clears throat> but we'll chat through those scales, regressions, modifications, some stuff that's kind of uh, off the wall uh, that maybe you've never seen or heard of, but can be really impactful for athletes to help them progress. Any last comments from you, Cade? No, nope, I just think it's really important to have uh, some tools in your toolbox that are outside of what you're used to seeing uh, makes the athletes view in a little bit of a different light. It's like, wow, this person really knows what they're talking about. They can come up and with solutions and solve almost any problem that I've got. So, you know, developing as a coach with this kind of stuff is super huge for keeping people in the gym and potentially securing your job. So, uh, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, really there's, there's money attached to this thing for coaches. Coaches are coaching classes full of paying members. And if you lose paying members, you lose classes. And if you lose enough classes, you lose your gym. And so really this is at some level, it's a business play. Like better coaches make better members that stay and pay and bring their friends. Uh, so there's, you know, there's definitely a money conversation there, but I can't remember if it was a quote Simon Sinek put up or maybe he said it himself. I can't remember, but it was uh, experts are people who think they know everything and geniuses are the ones willing to admit that they don't know everything. And so, you know, I think coming from the perspective of 
yeah, we're probably considered experts in our field, but we know we have a lot to learn. I mean, human anatomy and movement is like the ocean. <clears throat> and we're just like taking teaspoons out of it. You know what I mean? It just goes on forever. And so, you know, keeping an open mind about different things and not getting hung up on what, what you're doing and what you heard over here. Uh, you know, maybe you don't like everything we hear, but look to find some positive takeaway because what we want to do is help you help athletes. And so whether you take it all or take just a tiny piece, uh, we want to be a resource for you and help you in any way we can. So uh, we're, we're, we're keeping an open mind as we get feedback from coaches. Uh, we, we hope that you keep an open mind as you hear some of this stuff that we're into over here in our little neck of the woods. And uh, we're, we're just trying to be better movers ourselves and learn how that we can uh, like share that with other people to make them healthier and less painful.